now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, Thursday edition. The Bills are coming to town in a couple of days, and we're here to break it down and all other things that are going to be taking place this weekend in the National Football League. I am Alex Shane here with Rich Hill. Rich Hill, happy holidays. Christmas is coming up, and I don't know about you, but I would love the early stocking stuffer of a Patriots Divisional Championship come this time next week. (laughs) I would love that, too. We'll get it a little bit earlier than usual, possibly, because the Patriots are playing the Buffalo Bills on Saturday. Weird timing. It's at 4.30 p.m. It's a little bit of a shorter week for the Patriots. The the Bills were playing on Sunday night, so that gives New England a little bit of an advantage playing it at home. That's nice. We will be breaking down Patriots and Bills later on in this podcast. I hope that the the Patriots will be able to take care of business in a little bit more of a comfortable fashion than they did earlier in the year against the Buffalo Bills. But before we get there, Alec, it is week 16 of the NFL season, only two weeks to go. Looking around the league right now, there seems to be some pretty important games taking place. What games do you have your eyes on? There are three games besides the Patriots games that I'm going to be paying close attention to. Uh, the first game has big playoff implications for the Patriots. It is the Chiefs at the Bears on Sunday night. Uh, I just can't see any world in which the Chiefs lose to the Bears uh, unless we're doing kind of a Jimmy Stewart, it's a wonderful life, and Patrick Mahomes wants to see what his team's like without him. That's the only <laughs> way I can think about it because the Bears are terrible, the Chiefs are good. But if the Patriots win and the Chiefs lose, they lock up the two seed. So I'm rooting for that very hard. Uh, speaking of locking up a first-round bye, the Browns are one of the two teams to beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore the last time that happened. And it wasn't even close. It was an absolute blowout. I don't know what happened. I'm going to be watching that game. Again, I don't see any reality in which the Ravens lose that game. Even if they did a wonderful life, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens still win this game by a million. The Browns (laughs) are an absolute mess, but one can hope. And, of course, the game I've been looking forward to all season long, Rich Hill. I feel like every week I talk about it, it's finally here. It's a a little bit of this luster due to the current playoff record, the current win-loss record. But the Bengals and Dolphins are finally squaring off in the battle for the bottom of the the AFC. And while I was really hoping they'd both be like zero win teams or one win teams and the winner of this game lost out on the first round pick. So both teams were actively trying to lose. That's not the case. The Bengals have the inside track for the one pick. And so not as cool as it would be, but it'll still be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. And I, I wouldn't be shocked, actually, if what happened here is the, the Cincinnati Bengals, they are destined for that first overall pick. They have a two-game lead on any other team, so they can beat the Dolphins and still get that first overall pick. I expect them to take Joe Burrow. He is the, the Heisman Trophy winner. He has put up the most mind-boggling stats for LSU, leading the number one team in the country. He is a deserved first overall pick. That just means that Andy Dalton has to go somewhere, and I could not think of a more perfect Miami Dolphins signing than Andy Dalton to be their quarterback for the foreseeable future. I would love for that to happen. I mean, there's nothing more Miami Dolphins than Andy Dalton leading them to a 7-9 and record. That is absolutely what's going to happen. Book it, Alec. I see it happening. Um, you're, <laughs> I think that this is going to be a good week of football. Some other games worth mentioning are the 7-7 seven and seven Cowboys on the road against the 7-7 seven and seven Eagles. Winner has the inside lane for that NFC East title. 
Uh, and also on Monday night, you have the 11-3 and Packers on the road against the 10-4 and Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are looking to win. They pace atop the, the NFC North. They currently trail the Green Bay Packers. But there is a world where five out of the six NFC teams have 12-4 and records at the end of the season. That is preposterous wow. to me. Wow. It's very, very possible because, like, you have the San Francisco 49ers. They're 11-3. and They play their regular season finale against the Seattle Seahawks, who are also, uh, you know, 11-3. and And uh, you have the Seahawks. They always seem to have trouble against the Arizona Cardinals for whatever reason. They play the Cardinals this week. Maybe there will be an upset. There just is a lot of potential for a lot of equity uh, among the top teams in the NFC not so much for the AFC. I think the Ravens are the class. I have a hard time seeing them losing to the Cleveland Browns. But the game with the you know the best combined record is also taking place. Uh, you know, other than that Packers Vikings game, Bills on the road against the New England Patriots. I'm excited to break this down with you, Alec. The Bills have not been this much of a threat to the top of the AFC East in a very very long time. What are your initial thoughts thinking of this game? My initial foster is going to be maybe six to three. The end of this game, uh, great defenses, lousy offenses. I think the Patriots' offense, personally, even though I'm biased, is significantly better than the Bills' offense, which just really can't move the ball very well. And you saw that early on when the teams played at the end of September. You saw it on Sunday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This Bills' offense is really, really struggling. However, Rich, I will say this. One area where the Patriots have really been decimated all season long is running game against good running backs. You saw it last week with Joe Mixon. You go Nick Chubb. You go the Baltimore Ravens. The the Kansas City Chiefs ran the ball on them well. The Patriots are susceptible to runs up the middle. And for some reason, Frank Gore just is not slowing down anytime soon. And they also have a good rookie in, uh, in Singletary back there. They have a very good rushing attack, which all leads me to believe that it should be a defensive slugfest as we expected. Oh, yeah. Well, that just means it's going to be a, a 50 to 50 sort of game out there. Um, I, I would <laughs> say that I want to lead this off by saying that the Patriots don't have to win this game to win the AFC East. If they lose to the Buffalo Bills, they could still win the AFC East based off of tiebreakers. It just means that they'll have to win their regular season finale against the Miami Dolphins. Effectively, what I'm saying is the Patriots will still be in the driver's seat of the division, even with a loss, because they have a better record than the the Buffalo Bills in common games, and they'll have split the head-to-head tiebreakers, they'll have split like the divisional matchups. So Patriots don't have to win this one, but they are at home. I hope they do, because as for all the reasons you mentioned, this is a potent running game that the Buffalo Bills are going to be bringing to New England. As you said, Devin Singletary is doing a great job in the backfield. Frank Gore is just plugging along as always. But you also have to mention Josh Allen, who is their quarterback, who has nine rushing touchdowns on the year. That is more than Singletary and Frank Gore combined. They have combined for four. So when you get into that red zone, Josh Allen is the player that you need to watch out for, averaging 33 rushing yards a game, 467 on the ground, but also 14 fumbles. If you are uh, Gerard Mayo, Steve Belichick, Bill Belichick, how are you approaching this game against the Buffalo Bills offense? You know, it's funny, Rich. Last podcast on Tuesday we did, I talked about how Jamie Collins is kind of in the middle of a funk right now and how he started off really strong and had really good numbers and he hasn't really been on anybody's forefront in terms of eye-opening, mind-boggling plays due to his athleticism he used to make. 
I think this is a prime chance for him to shake off that particular monkey and just wreak havoc on Josh Allen. Uh, I think if Belichick is in the defensive film room today and he gives Jamie Collins one job and it's just smash Josh Allen. I would love to see the Collins kind of stick to him the entire time. Maybe him and Jonathan Jones can go off if Allen gets really, really mobile to the outside. But I would love to see Jamie Collins just hit Josh Allen at every opportunity. They just have him follow around. They have him blitzing him. They have him bumping him with the line. And Jonathan Jones playing more of a spy role because I don't think any of the Bills receivers can match up against the Patriots secondary. If Jason McCourty's back, J.C. Jackson is fantastic. Stephon Gilmore sets a player of the year material. So I think you can actually spare a cornerback like Jonathan Jones to help double Josh Josh Allen, and then get your big guys up front, go base 4-3, eliminate the run game, force them to throw the ball, and when Josh Allen throws the ball, bad things happen. So that's my initial strategy. <laughs> I like that. I mean, the, the Patriots have to make sure that Josh Allen stays in the pocket because, it's, for all the reasons you said, he is not a quarterback that you fear throwing the ball through the air. He is just simply not that guy. He is more dangerous on the ground. The Bills' danger uh, offense is pretty dangerous with their ground game, but outside of John Brown who is having a career year at wide receiver, who is a speedster that I would expect the Patriots to dedicate both, uh, you know, either Jonathan Jones and a safety over the top or Stephon Gilmore be based off of the matchups. I think that outside of John Brown, the Patriots defense matches well against this passing game. And I, I think you're exactly right with how they should use Jamie Collins just to make sure that Josh Allen doesn't get any of those free releases. And, I mean, he's a big player. He's a big quarterback coming out of the backfield. I don't even know if I would trust a defensive back to be able to bring him out down one-on-one -on -one in the open field without him getting a lot of yards after contact. So if I'm the Patriots, I might just go with that five-man front. I might have five players on the field. You have John Simon and Kyle Van Noy on either side. You have Adam Butler, Lawrence Skye, and Danny Shelton in the middle. Just clog every single possible lane. And then you have Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower behind those guys. You have your seven men in front. And, you know, you have your Patrick Chung. I would say J.C. Jackson would have a good opportunity out there. Uh, and then you have Stephon Gilmore and Devin McCourty. I, I think that that is a good grouping of players that can defend whatever matchups the Buffalo Bills trot out there. Um, Alec, I think it's important to look back at week four of the regular season when the Patriots took on the Buffalo Bills. Patriots won 16-10 on the road. What lessons do you think you can take from this Patriots defensive performance in week four and apply to this game? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We'll talk about the offense in a minute, but defensively, there's actually, I think, a lot you can take away from that game. Uh, the Buffalo Bills ran the ball very well early, and the Patriots adjusted, and once the Bills weren't able to run the ball effectively, as we just talked about, they're not really a, a passing team. And so I think if the Patriots can do what they haven't been able to do as of late, which is stop the run game right away, maybe get up a score or two, make the running game much less effective, the long sustained drives that have kept Brady off the field back when Brady was more of a threat offensively in years past, if they can get away from that and they can stop the run right away and not take a series or two, even a quarter and a half to really figure out what the Bills are going to do, I think that'll really go a long way because I don't think the Bills offense has a lot of game tape of them being really, really really complex and elaborate. I think most game tape at all 22 film will reveal it's a smash mouth run first team with a big rangy quarterback that can move the ball with his legs. And so if you want to look at the game plan from, from the, the week four game, 
10 points is a pretty solid outing. Um, Buffalo scored no points in the first quarter and only a touchdown in the set in the third quarter. So I, if they can basically duplicate what they did against the bills in week four, they should be just fine. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would say when you look at the specific plays that allowed the bills to score against the Patriots, they relied on TJ Yeldon, who is no longer part of that offense uh, for their touchdown drive. They had a 23 yard pass short, to him and then a 19 yard pass to tj yeldon over kyle van noy i believe and so they threw passes to running backs and that's where devin singletary is going to come into play and then they also had uh you know another field goal where i believe it was frank gore had like a 40 yard gain so if the patriots can make sure that their rushing attack doesn't develop and they can make sure that the running backs do not produce as receivers coming out of the backfield then New England's going to have a good day. And that's why my X factor is going to be Kyle Van Noy, who has been having a career year for the Patriots. And part of his responsibilities will be making sure that the running backs go flat out to the, the sidelines and don't get some nice releases on their wheel routes because those are plays that Josh Allen can capitalize on. But not only will he be responsible for making sure that those running backs don't get free releases into their wheel routes, he will also be making sure that Josh Allen stays in the backfield. He doesn't escape out there. He'll be responsible for collapsing the pocket, creating a lot of pressure. He will have a lot of responsibilities against this Bills offense, and I think he'll be up to the task. I do too. I love Kyle Van Noy. Really nice guy too. I feel like every every time I turn on the news or I read an article, it's Kyle Van Noy at some hospital helping kids out or doing something with charity. Such a good dude and such a great player. Uh, my X Factor, I kind of already gave it away, and I'm sticking with Jamie Collins in the linebacker core. I think he's going to have a big day against Josh Allen at the middle, terrorizing that. And whatever cornerback I think adds uh, to the help that Jamie Collins gets. I forgot Jonathan Jones kind of hurt his groin against the Bengals in the fourth quarter. So he might be might be out with a groin injury. But if they assign a, another cornerback to at least play like a robber slash spy role on Allen if he rolls out, I think the combination of Jamie Collins and whoever that DB is uh, should hopefully limit Allen's ability to scramble, especially on third down. I remember a couple of years ago, man, there was always a situation where it was third and six, and no matter what the quarterback was, he scrambled for seven yards. And it's the most frustrating thing when you have the play dead to rights, the coverage is good, but the quarterback breaks out and keeps the drive alive. And they mm-hmm. have to prevent that. They want to do well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that like the simple matchups would be to have either JC Jackson or Stefan Gilmore in coverage with John Brown with Devin McCourty over the top. You have your Patrick Chung or Terrence Brooks. You know, Chung has been rotating in and out. They will be in coverage of Dawson Knox, their rookie tight end. Then you will have in coverage of Cole Beasley, the other cornerback, whether it is Gilmore or JC Jackson, uh, with some bracket coverage, possibly with either, uh, you know, Dante Hightower, whichever linebacker is out there, making sure that Beasley doesn't have open field out of the slot. And then you, you can just dedicate the rest of your resources to harrying Josh Allen, making sure that he doesn't get out of there. Um, but I, I think one thing that I would like to note of, uh, you know, great difference in the complexion of the two teams from week four to right now is that, A, you know, the Bills seem to be more for real now than they did at that point in time. But also, uh, the Patriots offense is very different as well. Let's walk through memory lane of who was featured very heavily in this New England Patriots offense at that point in time in week four. Uh, at left tackle, you had one Marshall Newhouse. At wide receiver, you had Josh Gordon. At tight end, you had Ryan Izzo. And as your number three target, you had Philip Dorsett. And those are all players that are no longer a part of this Patriots offense. Even at fullback, they had Jakob Johnson, who is now on the injured reserve. 
Matt Lacoste was barely playing because he had all of his injuries. He's now the Patriots' leading tight end, it seems like. So this is a new-look New England offense. They are coming up against an obviously potent Buffalo Bills defense. They are very, very good. Uh, you know, top to bottom, they are outstanding. Alec, what is your thought if you're Josh McDaniels in the Patriots' offense? Well, Rich, I'm going to look at what I did well against the Bills uh, during week four, and I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to take away from that because of how different each team is. But if I remember correctly, uh, James White had a pretty big day. He had about 60 or so yards receiving. He's probably the leading receiver, if I had to guess. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I, I bet I bet money yep. he led the team in receiving yards uh, in that game because the Patriots have, excuse me, the Bills have such a good secondary, and their coverage linebackers are lights out. They are just so solid at every single level. And based on the number of times it's been third and six, and Brady's gotten sacked because pressure's been given up, I just can't see scenarios where Brady has a lot of time, especially early on in the game, to let roots develop down the field. So I want to see a lot of quick passes to James White. Maybe get Nikhil Harry more involved in the screen game, a couple more end arounds in Nikhil Harry. Get all the receivers involved, but get them involved on short passes and short routes. That way, when they go take a deep shot down the field to Harry in the third quarter, I'm calling it right now, Nikhil <laughs> Harry catches his first deep ball in the third quarter of this game. It'll be more uh, less easy to read because they have a lot of quick release routes to keep the offense honest and keep the defense and pin their ears back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of opportunities for this Patriots offense to do a better job capitalizing than they've done in recent weeks i've been pounding the table for them to get james white more involved for weeks and it seems like they finally had to do it a little bit just because julian edelman's been injured but the patriots offense is currently julian edelman who is extremely banged up you have your three running backs in james white sony michelle and rex burkhead there have been a couple two running back sets that i've liked um but then you have a rotation sanu and Nikhil harry have been your number two and number three receivers then they've used uh, Matt Lacoste, Ben Watson at tight end. So you don't have a lot of help from the tight end position, even though Matt Lacoste was the number two leading receiver for the Patriots last week. That's just a sad fact. Um, <laughs> and I, I think I agree with you completely. James White will have to be the main target because Tredavious White is the Buffalo Bills star cornerback. He is outstanding. He's a top five cornerback in the league for my mind. He has an astounding 17 passes defended. That's tied for third most in the entire league uh, and part of those are six interceptions tied for the entire lead with you know Stefan Gilmore so he is a ball hawk out there he also has a sack because they like to use their defensive backs on blitzes every now and then he has four tackles for loss he is the full package and opposite from him is Levi Wallace who is another you know he's definitely not as good as Tredavious White but he's still good you know the Patriots tried to pick on him a lot and back in week four and he was up to the challenge the Patriots targeted him 13 times and he only allowed five catches for 65 yards he did a very very good job the number two leading targeted defender was matt milano their linebacker that was tasked with covering james white so that shows a lot of what the patriots will try to do here and they'll most likely avoid tredavious white they will sacrifice some player to him Maybe it will be Nikhil Harry. I expect it to be Nikhil Harry, if not uh, being able to navigate and allow Mohamed Sanu to get isolated on that side of the field. But uh, I, I would expect that James White will be the main focal point for the Patriots passing attack. And for that reason, my X factor is going to be the entire Patriots offensive line. I know that's a little bit cheap. 
I know that's a little bit cheap doing the whole thing, but <laughs> I, I think it's important because this Patriots offensive line has not looked great for much of the year. You know, individually they've been fine, but as a unit, there's always appeared to be just one weakness at some point in time. And we talked about this on our Tuesday podcast that it was Marcus Cannon last week, whether it was Marshall Newhouse back in week four or, you know, the week prior to the Bengals, their loss against the, the Kansas City Chiefs. It was at center. They had James Ferentz, and they, the Chiefs decided to pick on him. There's always, it seems to be, one player that is letting down the rest of the unit and stopping the offense from producing at a high level. And in order for the Patriots to have any semblance of a rushing attack, which is what they were able to utilize against the Buffalo Bills last year, uh, and to, to great success, you know, back in week 16, they rushed for 273 rushing yards. That is outstanding. That is something that they would absolutely love to be able to replicate. And that was partially because Sony Michelle, James White, and Rex Burkhead had a very, very strong outing. They need to have that happen again. Um, but then they also need to have, uh, you know, just every other player step up. I mean, they, they, <laughs> they need to have the pass blocking opportunity for Nikhil Harry or whoever it is that gets matched up with Levi Wallace to get open. So, I mean, this offensive line will have their toughest challenge of the year. This Bills defensive front is absolutely just uh, underrated but still potent. I, I think that they have a great rotation on the edge. Uh, they have Shaq Lawson, Jerry Hughes, even Lorenzo Alexander still chipping in there. You can't forget Trent Murphy. That is a good quartet right there that does a lot of things well. And then on the interior, Ed Oliver is the rookie. He does... Uh, you know, he produces at a high level. Jordan Phillips is a, you know, he's good at pass rush with finishing. He leads or has leads the team with nine and a half sacks, has 14 quarterback hits. So he makes some noise in the middle, even if he's pretty inconsistent. And Star Lodalele has also just adds another third body in that rotation. This is a strong defensive line. They like to pressure the Patriots with a lot of zone blitzes. I would expect that this offensive line needs to communicate well and this will be their toughest challenge in order for the team to come together. Because of those reasons, I will allow an entire unit to be an X factor. The motion has been carried and granted. It's okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You said that uh, they're going to sacrifice Nikhil Harry at the altar of, of Jadavius White, and they very well may, but I'm still keeping him as my X factor uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, we saw it against the Bengals game. He's, Getting involved in the running game now, uh, a couple of end arounds, some reverses. He's a big body. Uh, Brady looked to him and trusted him enough on that kind of scramble route where his touchdown was. That was one of those things where if the play breaks down, no cornerback, no matter how good he is, can cover for six, seven seconds. And Harry shown, at least against the lowly Bengals, he's capable of getting free there. Three. He's a very good run blocker as a receiver. We saw that against the Bengals. And I think Nikhil Harry on a quick little kind of patented, used to be the, the David Givens screen route back in the 2003, 2004 season. Just a quick little screen route to Harry, get him in space, let him make a move and go for it. Uh, and I do expect, like I said, one deep reception for Nikhil Harry as he keeps kind of building his trust, building his rapport, getting his feet. It would be a really good time for him to kind of a breakout game and show he can be a postseason weapon as the pass go into the playoffs. So while he may have zero catches for zero yards on four targets, I can also see him have like four catches for 80 yards, a, t <laughs> a TD, and like two rushes for 25 yards. So hopefully it's the latter for Nikhil Harry on, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it being a, just a real eclectic mix of opportunities. We talked about the Sunday Tuesday podcast you just mentioned there. Josh McDaniels has done a good job of finding ways to get the ball in his hands. Hopefully they can do the same thing to Mohamed Sanu because – 
they should not, you know, overwhelm Julian Edelman as he's dealing with all of his injuries. Hopefully he can make that full recovery. But I like that Nikhil Harry option. I think that his growth will continue to, you know, just be great over the remainder of the season. Um, we have two final segments right here. Uh, Patriots defensive score of the week. They <laughs> managed to finally reclaim their footing this past week where Stefan Gilmore just had a 64 yard pick six in coverage of Tyler Boyd. Andy Dalton just threw a boneheaded pass right there. Gilmore must have baited him or something like that. Uh, how are the Patriots going to score this year or this week on defense against the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, good question. Did you give us call our pick six? I don't think we did against the Bengals. I I'll have to go back and check the podcast. We had a lateral play or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the Patriots scored on a blocked punt the last time against the Bills. I can't imagine that happening twice in the same season. I think uh, the most likely chance of a score would be a uh, a Josh Allen strip sack, scoop and score. Maybe we get a uh, a Kyle Van Noy or Dante Hightower strip and a Chase Winovich return to the end zone on a scoop and score. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I mean, I, I want to go the same way, too, because Josh Allen is one of the most fumbly quarterbacks in the entire league. I expect him to put at least one ball on the ground over the course of the game. And uh, I, I think I want to, I don't want to copy you completely, but I don't I don't see the Patriots getting a special teams touchdown this week. They already had that earlier in the year against the Bills, but I could see another pick six. This is going to be a lot of turnovers for the Patriots defense. Fingers crossed against this Buffalo Bills team because Josh Allen makes a lot of head-scratching passes or pass attempts, and then the ball gets on the ground with fumbles. You've claimed the fumble. I'll choose the pick six. This time I think it's going to be J.C. Jackson who brings it to the house. I see them trying to test a deep pass uh, going to John Brown. This will be a game where maybe J.C. Jackson is in coverage of this one play, and he'll return it all the way there. He's got those wide receiver moves out there. He is one of the best, if not the best, deep ball defender in the entire league. There are certain moments that they showed last week where he was turning his head to the the ball while he was still in defense. He plays it like a wide receiver, and you know he's overdue. He's overdue to get another touchdown. I, I, I think that that is my pick for defensive score for the Patriots. And for our final section, Alec, week 16, let's do the game predictions. Let's do this. Uh, we both had the Patriots winning uh, handily, but you were closer in the final score last week, so I'm giving it to you. You get the honors. Pats are hosting the Buffalo Bills. What do you got? Okay, so this is going to be a low-scoring affair in my mind. I don't think that it's going to be too profound in either direction. Uh, I do think that the Patriots offense will find a little bit more of their success than they have in recent weeks. I still don't think it'll be enough to make me a full believer in the unit, but I expect this offense of the Patriots to be able to run the ball a little bit better at home than they have in recent weeks. And the defense should be able to do their thing against a, a pretty low rated Buffalo Bills offense that has not done a pretty good job. Or I guess it just has not done a good job. I, I think that the Patriots win this one 24 to 13. 24 13. All right. That's a high scoring than I have for sure in terms of <laughs> Patriots. Uh, I also, the Bills scoring 13 points, maybe even having like a, like a lead at, at one point, even as, as late as the third quarter. But I think the Patriots will figure it out. 
I'd like to see the Patriots start utilizing the no huddle. I talked about we talked about on on our Tuesday podcast about how the inexperience and youth of this offense makes the no huddle hard to do because guys have to be on the same page and make the same reads when Brady makes the reads. But maybe they get the no huddle offense going and have a, a late touchdown drive that could puts them ahead, and then they game ceiling interception from Deron Harmon because we haven't had one of those from Deron Harmon Ooh, this season. I like that closes this one out. Uh, Patriots win this one. They continue to own Buffalo Bills in Gillette Stadium, and they win the division 18-13 to 13 for the Patriots. 18-13, to 13. all right. Well, that is going to be a, a fun game to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, hopefully the Patriots win. If they win this game, they will have secured the AFC East for, you know, the upteenth time. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be able to coast a little bit more easily into the season finale against the Miami Dolphins be able to rest certain players that might necessarily need it even if they don't have that first round by fully clinched it'll give them that opportunity to make that decision alec week 16 we're already here that's crazy do you have any final thoughts i'm just glad the Patriots are at home for the rest of the year i'm sick of these road games and i'm excited that they're both at 1 p.m too i go to bed early and i'm an old man rich i can't take it anymore uh, yeah well everyone don't forget this is a saturday game at 4 30 and until next time alec you have a good one. See you, buddy. All right, later, man.